everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box Guys. With me, as always, is some of my very favorite people on the planet, Joshy. How you doing? What are you drinking there, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, and I am drinking a shipping out of Boston from uh, local Jack's Abbey. Brewer. Shipping out of Boston. Super what, local. Well, give uh, me yeah. some notes. It's a it's a nice like caramelly like really basic straightforward run-of-the-mill lager and uh it's really it's it's one of their better beers honestly i'm usually not a big jack's abbey fan but this is a solid beer right here noise i like hearing that mike how you doing and what are you drinking i'm doing well and i'm drinking an a and w root beer delicious creamy foamy melts yeah. in your mouth yeah don't try to fool that. me mike that's a diet a and w root beer isn't it <laughs> it's zero sugar no caffeine <laughs> And if they were to go to a store and they were to have that, to do a beer flex, you would probably just get another kind of root beer. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't work as well as what Josh did on our last episode, which none of you guys heard. Tom, how you yeah. doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some Duncan Taylor scotch. What are you drinking, Tommy? How are you I, I have uh, I have a, a beautiful uh, Jim Bean here from the Heartland. Um, you know, Real easy going Boy Scout style drink, you know, real Midwestern kind of thing. Speaking of which, it is incredible to me that we have never done the big blue cheese, right? Never done it. Oh, wait, that's Shazam. Sorry. We've never done Superman. We've never done Superman. How is that even possible? Cal L, the man from Krypton, who would like to do a little bit of the background story. Not that we really need too much on Superman. Anybody? I think somebody volunteered last week. I can do this from memory. Shit. I think it Borg, was you. <laughs> on the doomed planet of Krypton, young Kal-El is put into a rocket by his father, Jor-El. I, I had it. <laughs> and what's his mom's name? Mom. <laughs> Sally. Oh, no. Uh, Wait, wait. I know this. It's Martha. <laughs> <laughs> if I know anything from the Superman movie when he fights Batman, it's his mom's name yeah, is Martha. No, on Krypton, Tom, it's Martha. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> his rocket comes barreling into Earth and is found by Ma and Pa Kent when he's a very little baby. They adopt him. No one questions this. Hey, we found a baby, did you? Or did you kidnap a baby? Nope. Found a baby. Is this the Lindbergh baby? It might be the Lindbergh baby. (laughs) It'd be really funny if it turned out (laughs) that it was just the Lindbergh baby, but the Lindbergh baby had superpowers. That'd really be funny. Anyways, that's a little tangential. We'll get to that later. Superman grows up in the Midwest, absorbing all these Midwestern values, and he becomes one of the more Boy Scout-style superheroes of all time. Really absorbs all of that Midwest, America first, humble, just. Oh, no, Did you first. say America first? Uh, we're he wasn't hold, in the KKK. Hold, hold on, hold on. And because of this, he was a very, very, very liberal superhero in the beginning. So liberal, so much that in some of the early comic books, he was taking on slum lords. He was taking on uh, war profiteers. Matter of fact, one of Mike's favorite stories. You want you want to tell it, Mike? Yeah, it's a war profiteer. He literally kidnaps the dude who's manufacturing arms and flies him into the war zone so he can experience 
firsthand what the weapons that he's creating does. And uh, yeah, he's he was awesome. He he's, was. Awesome. He's always been awesome, though. He always has been awesome. And let's remember back in the day, the very beginnings of Superman. You guys are trying to jump on it, but it was truth, justice, and the American way. You guys all agree with that? But True, it's become but that much. The, that was for the radio show, right? Yeah. But yeah. it is. <laughs> which is where we got a lot of his background story. Yeah, which we got a lot of Superman from, man. Um, has it changed over the years? A hundred percent, absolutely. We see some really great stories where Superman actually goes against and kind of uh, disavows his American citizenship altogether. Uh, Superman one thousand and one, I think it was. Mike, do you remember the number on that one? I think it might have been one thousand. One thousand might have been one thousand. Where he goes to the United Nations, he says, "I'm not an American citizen. I I disavow my American citizen. I am a citizen of the world." Uh, and in that one, he also went to the Middle East and stood with a group of protesters. I believe it was in Iran. Correct, Mike? Uh, they can't. They couldn't use Iran. They used Condar. Condar. Okay. So there was a big uprising against what was a very Muslim-looking-run country. And Superman stood with the protesters in a nonviolent protest. He didn't strike against the uh, officials. He didn't do anything when the army came to stop them. He just stood in silent protest and later flew off without any violence happening. So true justice in the American way has become more nuanced over the years. But the Superman character has really stayed the same when it comes to what he will and what he won't do. It drives me crazy when we see movies where they play with that too much or where writers take over and he does something totally antithetical to his base character because he's really never done that. But there have been some exceptions. There have been some great other world exceptions. Uh, Red Sun comes to mind right off the bat where we reimagine Superman as growing up in Soviet Russia. And what would that be like? That's a great one. There's uh, The Injustice a uh, whole thing where Superman becomes a tyrant because Joker kills Lois Lane. These are great reimaginings, but I like that the fact that Superman himself has always been Clark Kent, that big blue boy scout. And we'll talk about some of our favorite iterations and things. Mine is a really weird one. So I'm going to save that one for a moment and uh, let's go to Josh. Josh, do you have a favorite Superman story or is it before we do that? Is there anything I've really not covered in the, I mean, there's a million things I didn't cover because Superman has been with us. He's the very first superhero. Yeah. Easily, arguably, the very first superhero. Yeah. And, yeah, they based him off of a strong man from a circus, which is why he's got the tights on the outside. His power set has gone from super strong and bulletproof, able to leap over tall buildings, to I can... <laughs> fly faster than the speed of light and reverse time. And I, I can, can throw a giant cellophane S off my chest, or I can make duplicates of myself. That was one of my favorite powers that he had for a while, where he can make smaller and smaller duplicates of himself. That only lasted for about 10 issues. Yeah, he's had a lot of uh, powers. Yeah. yeah. The big cellophane S I never got. That was seen yeah. in Superman, uh, Superman 1? No, 2. 2. 2, yeah. It was a weird one. That yeah. was a weird one. His biggest weakness is kryptonite, uh, and he's uh, also pretty pretty vulnerable to magic. 
He's not vulnerable to magic. He's just not any more resistant to it than anybody else. That is so the the same as we are about being thrown into the sun. Yeah. 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 That's him with magic. We are as vulnerable to magic as Superman. The Superman is magic. So one of the weird, the weird things about, about soup. And now I lost my train of shot with the shot thought with the magic thing. So I'll get back. I'll circle back. But there's something weird about it, and I'll get back to it. All right. Um, so, Mikey, just to, we, I know that's one of your more uh, favorite stories than Superman, but you got a lot because we like this character. Do you have another Superman story that you really like? Shoot, I've got a list. Yeah. I, All right, I, let I, me go before Mikey takes mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... So the the story that I really like is where Superman is not typically himself in Kingdom Come, where the Joker kills off Lois Lane, and this just kind of unhinges Superman, and and basically he just he just says screw it with with the whole world, he's just done being the Boy Scout, and and he eventually has to you know, duke it out with other superheroes and the the only person that can really go toe to toe with him is Shazam and Shazam ends up beating him uh, because their powers are so closely to evenly matched. But Shazam has the one thing that Superman doesn't, and that's the magic lightning. This is in Kingdom Come. I yeah. thought that was when, he, when they were fighting Gog and Magog. If I got a different one, I must have. I think you're talking about a different one. Okay. They rehash oh, that. They sort of rehash that fight in Justice League Unlimited too. Yeah. They've had that fight a few times. Yeah. A few yeah. times. But yeah. I mean, this was like it was it was an all painted story by Alex Ross. It was just a fantastic book. Um. But yeah. So that's like my favorite. After that, I would say well, that I really kind of like the Superman Adventures by um that started out in 1996. That came out at the same time as the Batman animated series. They did comic book kind of companion to it. That kind of just went back to Superman's roots um, and had the same sort of artistic style as the Batman animated series. Only it wasn't dark, um, but it had that same Art Deco feel. Yeah, that was a good series. Agreed. Yeah, there are just so many good series, and not just because it's been around for so long, but so many good artists are salivating at the opportunity to write a Superman story. Like you get in line for that. You don't, you don't pick up the pieces of say, hey, uh, what do you guys need something written for? Oh, take over Swamp Thing. No one wants it. All right, and then make it a masterpiece. You you want Superman, right? It's funny that you should mention Alan Moore because Alan Moore. <laughs> wrote two of the very best Superman stories, single standalone issues you can get. One is the For the Man Who Has Everything, which is Superman Annual number 11, which is the introduction to the famous Black Mercy, uh, where Superman gets attacked mentally by something that gives him his every wish and desire. Um but it's not real. Uh, so that's by Alan Moore. And surprisingly, Black Mercy does not rape him in this story. 
Well, does it is mounting his face against his will. And he does have a wife in the other place. Yeah, well, it's, he's and still on Krypton. Kids, he, right? Yeah. He grew up on Krypton. Right. Yes. So there is. So there is. There is rape. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Thanks, Alan Moore. A little bit. Thanks, Alan Moore. <laughs> and then the other story is whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. And that is in Superman 423 and Action Comics 583. Also by Alan Moore. Drawn by one of the best Superman artists ever, Kurt Swan. And in that story, it's set 10 years after Superman was last seen. And Lois Lane is recounting her the last days of Superman. Excellent story. It, that was the story that happened right before they reset the DC Universe with the first Crisis on Infinite Earths. And it was a great way to finish up the Bronze Age Superman story. Um, and then speaking of Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Man of Steel, the six-issue series by John Byrne, which takes place right after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, resets the whole Superman mythology. Also an excellent series. You can, it's surprisingly cheap to pick up. Also, and, and the, then, reason I, the reason I brought up Alan Moore is because you wrote two comic books I wanted to talk about, but I let you go on because you did it way better than I was going to. Were those the two you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Oh, I just, I just. Well, I just think I alluded to Alan Moore, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, but I didn't stop you. You know why? Because you actually explained it way better than I would have. See, that's why I went it's before him, Tom. Do you got any more, or do you want me to just spoil the rest of the ones you got? Actually, the other one I want to talk about is so obscure you can't love it. Well, you probably do. And it's actually uh, two uh, – it's one comic book and one monologue. So the comic book is where Clark Kent narrates the best-selling book he wrote. Now, Clark Kent wrote a best-selling spy novel while he was working for The Daily Planet. And he kind of narrates it. So we get a whole comic book of this super spy, Clark Kent. And uh, at the end, Clark Kent, you know, turns off the tape. He puts it down and he says, you know, there's this feeling, this little, he he has this little monologue. And I won't do it justice. I won't try to remember it. But he is so very, very proud that he did something that people recognize that has nothing to do with his superpowers. Right. This is a novel that he wrote. He could have written it anywhere in the universe and people love it and people like it. And it's a bestseller. And there's no caveat. There's no asterisk on this in his life. This is me, Clark Kent. I did this. And it was it was just kind of a, a neat feeling for me at the very end, because I, I, I kind of thought, what a great weird feeling of justification for the guy who could do anything to do something as good as any of us with our same limitations. That was just such a big relief for him that he was good enough as Clark Kent too to be a success. And the other one is a monologue from Kill Bill. Do you guys remember this monologue? From Kill Bill? 
kill Bill, kill Bill. Yeah, so yeah. Bill is talking about Superman and he's talking about what is the secret identity of Superman. And his argument is Superman is not his Clark Kent is not the secret identity. Superman is the secret identity. And when he's Clark Kent, he's mocking us. Clark Kent is weak. Clark Kent is dull. Clark Kent is clumsy. Clark Kent is every Earth being kind of being a schleb. And that's what he really thinks of us. Right? Superman is who he really is. Because he's still Superman when he's Clark Kent. But he's never Clark Kent when he's Superman. It was just a really interesting way of thinking of the character in a totally different angle. And it always stuck with me when I think about Superman now. Is Superman always Superman? Yes. Is Clark Kent ever Superman? Yes. But Superman is never Clark Kent. See, and I thought you would be talking about Superman and the Klan. I love that one, too, but I thought somebody else was going to bring that one up. Uh, that was great, and I'd rather talk. Are you going to talk about the radio show or the comic book that comes later? Well, I, I thought you'd bring up both, being the historian that you are. I, well, I, I was going to. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of round-robining this thing. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> so, Superman... Historically, you know, written by a couple of Jewish, uh, uh, created by a couple of Jewish uh, people, they decided that Superman was going to have some very uh, social opinions. They uh, they decided that they were going to put anti-Klan information in the radio show that Superman was going to come out as very being very anti-Klan, and this started to have a very positive effect because children started seeing their parents dress up as a clan and started being very negative about it. And it got some of the parents out of these roles in the clan because yeah, their children also... brought them around out of it because yeah. of, of their affiliation and their love for Superman. They also exposed some of the silly things that the clan was doing, handshakes yeah. and secret signals that they were kind of ridiculed as being childish and, and kind of stupid and the kids saw this, and they really saw, for the first time ever, that maybe their parents weren't right about this, which is a huge thing. Yeah. And uh, we should also mention that an FBI agent was secretly infiltrating the Klan, feeding the radio show, the writers of the radio show, the information about the Klan. So it was very up-to-the-minute kind of stuff that the Klan was up to was in this radio show, so much so that the Klan became aware that there, see, there, there must be an infiltrator, and they became very paranoid about it. It's called Superman Smashes the Klan. It's, uh, there's a graphic novel that's out now that you could pick up, and it goes into the whole backstory of the radio show and how it affected the membership of the Klan. And one of my favorite panels in that graphic novel is when a boy is realizing that he doesn't want to be the bad guy and realizing... Nice. Is my family the bad guy? Yeah. Like, and, you know, that's not something the kid really wants to hear, right? He always wants his, his family to be the good guys. So, yeah, I I was going to mention that, but thank you for beating that to LT. I appreciate it. Josh, you want to go next before I spoil all the rest of LTs and Toms? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the our uh, 
the recent uh, some recent comics uh, by front of the podcast. Uh, Space Age was great. Space Age was. Great. I knew someone was going to bring up Space Age. It was a good one. I really enjoyed that. Um, I've never been a big Superman reader, uh, but I always I've always liked his on screen depictions. And I I will call out the the new cartoon, uh, My Adventures with Superman, is a really nice representation. He's he's got you know some of the the varied power set he's had over the years, but I really just enjoy that it's it's. He's not the all-powerful hero he is yet. He's sort of figuring out what his powers are. They've sprinkled in about 17.5% anime into it. So mm. it's got that uh, a lot of the sort of surprise feel and a little more uh, tight on the emotional side than most other cartoons have, uh, American cartoons that are. And I just really, I've just been enjoying that. It's the character's always been good. One of the things I've always liked about him is every once in a while, and very rarely for him, he faces somebody who he feels can actually handle him at full strength. And he's always like, you know, why everyone thinks I'm kind of a pussy? Because I'm <laughs> always holding back. Like I'm always, like I'm always afraid I'm going to kill whoever I'm facing. So I'm never really me. So when he faces people like Darkseid and he really gets to unleash uh, Doomsday, it's nice to see uh, Superman sort of, sort of, you know, step out of his comfort zone and really swing away. Yeah, when he gets that neck up. Yeah, yeah. All right, you. Oh, yeah. you want to hit? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to say, yeah, uh, Tom pointed out Siegel and Schuster started this, uh, wrote this as. The first Action Comics number one is released in the summer of 1939 on the precipice of World War II. Uh, Pol- uh, Germany invades Poland in September of that year. Um, Italy's already invaded Albania. The Europe is already in in disarray, and Jews of all uh, of all uh, European nations have started fleeing, uh, it, insecure in their in their in their safety. Well, thank God Europe and the Jews are safe this week. Oof. Uh, don't get me started. Uh, but and and so it's it's poignant that he's, you know, Superman is the Ubermensch and it is uh, by way of reconciliation with their their own lives and the safety and security of America that they they put forth this this character who becomes the symbol of America. Um it's a it's a mile it's it's really a milestone and it's really it's nice it's a mitzvah it's, yeah it's fucking nice it is a mitzvah yeah and they were really screwed over by dc uh yeah. you know for a long time they were writing superman and they were making really good money but when when they decided okay we don't need you anymore and replace them with cheaper writers you know they fell on hard times it wasn't for neil adams getting them uh, fighting to get them, you know, a pension. Yeah. Uh, they would have died in poverty, you know, when the ni- 1979 Superman movie came out. Uh, uh, Siegel was uh, was out, would stand out in front of the movie theater 
he couldn't afford a ticket to go in and see the movie, but he'd stand out in front of the theater and ask people how they liked the movie uh, when they came out because he was just so happy that his creation had finally, you know, was universally, you know, he already knew it was universally accepted, but this is a really big deal for a a big blockbuster motion picture like this, even though there had been a Superman on TV and in serials before. Yeah, plenty of serial movies, but this is something different. I mean, a big Hollywood blockbuster. And that's uh, Neil Adams. Love him. God bless him. Money where your mouth is kind of guy helping out. Speaking of, you know, greats, you know, Josh already mentioned Mark Russell's uh, Space Age. I'll mention two more from my other favorite writer. That's Tom King. The... He has a story called Up in the Sky. It's a 12-issue Superman story, and essentially the entire story is a little girl gets kidnapped and taken out into space, and Superman decides, I'm going to go find this little girl and bring her back to her family. And everybody's telling him, like, if you leave this planet... Like there, do you know how many people Superman saves on any given day? Like these, those people aren't going to get saved, and for him, it's not a choice. Like he he refuses to acknowledge the trolley car, right? For him, it's who is in immediate danger? This little girl? Then I'm going to go save this little girl. and I thought that was an excellent storyline. Also, it's in the Batman uh, Tom King run. The double date was <laughs> Batman and Catwoman and Lois Lane and Clark Kent is just chef's kiss. It is just so great. Not just for seeing Lois Lane and Selena Kyle getting drunk and talking about the dudes, but they, which is so much fun, but they go to like a costume party and they each put on each other's costumes. So Superman's wearing Batman's costume and he's trying to be a dick. (laughs) And Bruce Wayne is wearing Superman's costume and he looks, he feels totally out of place. He does not like it at one bit, but yeah, that's, that's really fun. And you can almost, you can only, they they don't do anything with the writing, but you know that he's talking like this for some reason. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. you definitely you totally know. know it. Yes, I'll have a I'll have a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more for the road. I will By the say- way, that was another one of my favorites too. I love that one. Just the the gossiping and and when they're split up in the two elevators and they're admitting to each other that you know. Um, Clark admits that, you know, he's worried that he hasn't been a good enough friend to Bruce and Bruce is thinking he'll never be the, the man that, that Clark is. Uh, it's just a real, like a real bonding moment for us with those two characters. Go right. On. They're, they're called world's finest for yeah. a reason. Right. And, but they view each other as the best. Absolutely. hundred percent. Great friendship story, you know, no super villains popping their heads out, doing anything. Just hanging out on a double date. Unless then, the security is the real villain. 
Ooh. Ooh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the scampy dandy. The scampy yeah. dandy. It was the shrimp fork you put in the toilet, right? It was the shrimp fork. <laughs> I put a little dash in all the seven so people will think they're in Europe. <laughs> uh, one more title for you guys to check out if you're interested. If you want to view like kind of the history of Superman in a 12-issue series, go ahead and check out Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. Uh, it's it's in graphic novel form. You can find it anywhere. Also a great retelling of the Superman mythos where he takes on major storylines every issue. Yeah, you can't go wrong Grant Morrison once again. Well... Grant Morrison, sometimes I feel like I'm too stupid to understand what he's writing. <laughs> I'm like, either this is shite or it's brilliant and I don't understand it. I felt that way about Sports Night. Yeah. <laughs> is this really the way sportscasters talk? Because it's really just the West Wing at an ESPN place. <laughs> that was pre-West Wing, though. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Some of us watched it in reruns. After we got hooked on West Wing and we wanted something else. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, he just made the newsroom after that, which was just that without the sports caster. It's good writing, though. Uh, You forget about Studio 88. 66. Sure, why not? Whatever. (laughs) Something. Like like one of us watched it. Yeah. (laughs) Lady watched it. I'll, I'll also pitch down the pipe uh, Son of Kal-El. I've been enjoying Superman Son of Kal-El. So if you want to see Superman more as a dad than a superhero and his son navigating what is definitely a more complicated world than we navigated when we were kids, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good it's a good book. Can anyone think of any stinkers? I can think of a couple of stinkers. Oh, but yeah, they there's don't... plenty. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. They, they there's a really thousand stand. issues. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember the one where uh, Pink Kryptonite turned him gay. <laughs> Do you guys remember that one? It was a Supergirl uh, comic book where she was visiting alternate realities, and yes, Pink Kryptonite did turn him gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was a couple that were just like super, super silly to me. Like uh, there's, I remember one where there's a a giant dinosaur from Krypton who came and they became pals for a while and then he had to go back and it was sad. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I they're love, gonna. I love anything that has crypto in it. Uh, oh uh, man, it was. I really like one of the first times we see crypto where Clark gets to like really romp with a pet because he can't romp with a pet. He'll be like like. Sound of the Fury, like Bunny, <laughs> like he can't romp with a pet, but he can wrestle this dog, and he's wrestling this dog, and it brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, he's never got to wrestle shite before. True. I think he's wrestling a dog a little bit. That's a cool. Super Pets movie. Eh. I didn't see it. it was okay. Oh, it was good. It was okay. I like voice it. actors in it. Did you? All right. Yeah. I thought it was just okay. It was just it's okay. Kept doing it. it did have. Uh, it didn't have Super Horse. Did not, Did have, not super have super horse. Comet. The <laughs> horse's name is Comet, and it fell in love with Supergirl and tried to have sex with her. Right. I will have to say the kryptonite thing has always bothered me. 
just statistically how much of that planet could reach planet Earth is it's just not it's just not a thing. Like, well, you can get close to kryptonite and just add nicotine. Oh, well, nicotine is bad for everybody, right? That's true. It is bad for everyone. Yeah. How's how's that for a freaking yeah. obscure reference? Yeah. Superman, Josh, you don't know that reference? I guess not. Oh, anybody? So I was no, listening to you. <laughs> Lex I, uh, Luger, Lex Luthor I, I is trying to make kryptonite, but he's missing one ingredient. He comes across a brilliant chemist who adds a new ingredient and makes a kryptonite for him, but it's not quite right. What's that from? And who's the chemist? From the is it from the Superman Adventures? It's from super. It's from one of the movies, man. One of the Christopher Reeves movies. The third oh one? Oh my god, you're not talking about the third one. where I you... am talking about no. the third one. Where Richard Pryor is a brilliant chemist who has a little bit of the kryptonite. And... Richard Pryor is not the chemist. He's well, the he's guy. He's a computer hacker. He's a brilliant computer hacker, but he's, he's, he's guillazed with fixing the kryptonite, so he has to add a chemical to it. And the chemical he adds is... Nicotine, because he figures nicotine can't be good for anything. <laughs> so he adds nicotine to the kryptonite, and uh, wackiness ensues. So Gish, Superman is Superman is one of the few comic book characters that has been in just about every form of media. It's been in newspapers, radio. It's been in movie serials. It's been major blockbuster movies. It's been on TV. There's, there's a couple of superheroes that have broken that. Broken all of, of them? He's got a lot of songs, too. Yeah, it's true. A lot of albums, a lot of albums. It's just the Adventures of Superman albums. There are a ton of those. Yeah. Probably no A-Tracks. Maybe an A-Track. Oh, uh, now I get a look. Out there. Yeah. Definitely an A-Track. I mean, uh, that's not even counting, like, uh, the Spin Doctors, Jimmy Olsen Blues. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the Spin Doctors. Man, I went to college with a kid who looked exactly like the Laser and Spin Doctors. Like, every time we went out, people asked for autographs when the Spin Doctors were famous for, like, 13 and a half weeks. <laughs> like, everywhere he went for 13 weeks was horrendous. $12.99 on eBay right now. You can buy the 8-track tape of Superman soundtrack the movie. Boom. Nice. Boom. Nice. I would say Batman's probably done all of those too, not as much but, as Superman. But did Batman have a radio show? Yes. Yes, Batman had a yeah. fucking radio show. Did he have a newspaper clipping? Uh, yeah, newspaper? he had a newspaper yeah. strip. A very popular yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, all right. Strip, yeah. Batman, comic strip, man. Batman was not by the way. Batman the, the, until, like, uh, Batman was never more popular than Superman until the 1980s. Yeah, I was going to say, it was much later. Yeah. But yeah, you can buy those serialized uh, newspaper strips, which are very different from the comic book uh, in collections. And those are really great in their own weird way because they have to kind of keep track of the story in just three panels. And it's kind of... It would have been tough for me to follow as a kid if I could afford five cents for a newspaper every day, which I probably couldn't at the time. Five cents when I was a kid now. No, I, you would have been able to do it. Like, my dad read 
the paper every day, so I'd get the comic strips, and it was easy to follow the stories. I always had the paper when I lived here in Boston, because there'd always be a couple left on the uh, subway. <laughs> I miss those days. You know how much a paper costs now? No. No idea. Two twenty-five. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. That's not, I'm not saying the Sunday. The Sunday's like six. That's because they don't make that many. <laughs> I mean, I I have to say the paywall for the boss for the Boston Globe website is way more expensive than any other subscription I would get. Like yeah. 28, 29 bucks a month for the globe. Yeah, it's, a it's a lot. Times are tough. That's what I'm saying. If you're, a new, if you're a newspaper man, like our good friend Clark Kent, and let's get back to Clark Kent real quick. Any last words on Clark Kent? The, the thing I like about him most, I think is, you know, that, that consistency. Couple suit changes here and there. I think the thing I enjoy most about him is that he is so powerful. Writers have to find ways to make him interesting. And that is something that it, but he has a very generally, I mean, I know it's changed over the years, but he has a very generally defined power set, right? He's got yeah. super senses. He's got heat vision. He's super strength. He's vulnerable. He can fly super speed, etc. But at least they've got him in a box in that regard. And it, then you have to make, a storyline around that that makes that even having all of that challenging and interesting. And I've always found that writers that have to break that lazy. That I mean, yeah, those are the people who have. Uh, for me, that's that's why you know why I hate mag- like magicians in certain yeah. aspects, right? Where magic Just can lazy. solve anything. Yeah. Just lazy writing. If you make Superman like kill somebody or. Uh, do something immoral or just do something that's totally antithetical to the character. You're just being lazy and trying to shock us. Yeah. And I think if uh, a lot of people think that Superman is boring and you can't write a good Superman story, that's totally inaccurate. We just named off two dozen great stories of Superman. And like Josh said, go check out that new cartoon. That Mm -hmm. is classic Superman with an updated version of it uh, that still translates perfectly into modern society, or go check out the Superman and Lois uh, TV show that they have. Yeah. And that is a surprisingly good show. Like I, yeah, there's no other fast forward over the (laughs) the teen angst stuff. Yeah. And just focus in on the adults. It's, it's a great show. Yeah. There's no other CW shows I've really enjoyed. uh, And that is really the first one I was like, Oh, this is watchable and interesting. I like this. Well, all right. Any other last, last, last words? It's a great character. I, I'm i still mildly shocked this is the first time we've done Superman. Me too. I think we were trying to like stay away from like doing the, the big names when we started, and I think it just kind of fell through the cracks. Yeah. Okay. He did that faster than the speeding bullets. Ping, ping, ping. Ping, LT, where you at the oh, ping, ping, ricochet? I love ricochet, I love ricochet rabbit. rabbit. Tommy, where you at the back of the long box? I have Batman, I Joker. It's one of the DC Elseworlds, uh, done by Bob Hall and Lee Lowbridge or Lowridge uh, from 1998, I think. Um, this is a great story. It takes place in the future. In the future, there's a whole religion built up around Batman. And 
obviously Bruce Wayne is dead, but they all hail the coming of the Bruce. And once a year that everyone gathers in this sort of blood sport type of thing to witness the coming of the Bruce, uh, Batman's villains are released into the wild and Batman uh, has to go and capture his villains, but really he kills them because that's what the crowd demands. And Commissioner Gordon is sort of the, the Commissioner Gordon is sort of the MC of the whole event. And in it, the person that they've uh, sort of kidnapped and disfigured into being Joker, the memory wipe and replacement of his memory to be Joker doesn't really take. And he kind of figures out how to get out of his restraints. And he finds he had found the real Batcave. So he gets back to the Batcave, finds some of Bruce Wayne's actual old tech, and comes out as Joker Batman and battles the representation of the religion's Batman uh, in it. And it's kind of this Joker Batman versus Batman uh, story. And it's it's very entertaining in this sort of messed up, sick future world of deifying Batman in an extreme way. Because, well, Batman doesn't kill. And this Batman definitely kills because he's killing all of the villains in order. All right. That sounds like a pretty good uh, comic book. Yeah. It's a very dystopian Mad Max sort of sort of feel to it. We all like dystopian Mad Max kind of worlds. Yeah. Mikey, what are you at the front of the long box? At the front of the long box, I have a graphic novel called All Summer Long by Hope Larson. It is about a 13-year-old girl named Bina whose best friend has gone away to soccer camp. And she is uh, trying to figure out who she is without her friend who she does everything with. Uh, It's her first time being on her own. And she's at that awkward age where you're starting to, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, you're starting to actually form your own separate identity away from, you know, the childhood stuff. So she's trying to figure out what she's going to be like as an adolescent, as opposed to as a child. It's a good book. It's a quick read. Uh, uh, the artwork is you know, typical Hope Larson. If anybody read uh, A Wrinkle in Time, the graphic novel, she's the same person who did that. Yeah, it's a good book, fun book. If you have a 13-year-old girl in your life, you might want to pick it up for her. Is it a band book? It is not. No. Do you have it a is, band book of the week for us? Uh, I do not have a band book this week. Uh, this is just a regular book. I picked it up at Ollie's because it was – on sale. I'll give, I'll give you Tom Sawyer then. He's going to check it in there. Great book. Right. Yeah. Banned in a lot of places for a, for a couple of different and very bad reasons. Josh, that was a tangent. Sorry I went off on that without you being in the room. Do you got a tangent for us, my friend? Yeah, so I was thinking about Superman. And oftentimes, folks on this podcast we've played role-playing games together sometimes superhero role-playing games and tom you've always opted for a street level hero always mike i i kind of always get a sense lt you're a little bit of a role-playing disadvantage here because you don't play as often as the rest of us but given the chance 
would you really want Superman's powers? Oh, no. That's too much responsibility. Like, you could hear everybody crying out for help. Like, yeah, that would... I don't know how he... That would wear on me. Yeah, I'm looking at, you know, helping out in Israel with... uh, World Kitchen uh, coming up uh, because, you know, I feel that that pressure to help out where something so horrible is happening. So with all of Superman's powers, I think I'd just go insane. So I'm going to have to say no. Yeah, I don't think I'd take any time for myself either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. Doesn't seem tough. We all said no. What about you, Josh? You're going to be the Superman? You got it in you? Well, <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> I'm afraid my ejaculation would shoot right through my girlfriend, and I'm pretty fond of her. I, I would le- I'm afraid I would lean towards Injustice Superman. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it, these people just can't figure it out for them fucking selves. I'm just well, going to have to do it my goddamn self. Eventually, we're all going in Justice League Superman. That is okay. an inevitability. Alright? If we want to or not, at least you're smart enough to get that right off the bat. Yeah, I'm thinking oh I'd drive God. myself crazy, but Wait, in reality, Wait we're going that way. None of us none of us talked about when Superman learned that, that Shazam was actually a kid. Oh, yeah. That is a good book. That's a good book. I'll tell you, you got a mulligan. Go ahead and tell the listeners about yeah. that. I forget what book it's in, but but when Superman actually found out that Shazam, he, well, first he he figured out that, you know, he, Shazam was hitting on, was it Stargirl? No, this, you, you're confusing two separate things. Yeah. So he was hitting on somebody, wasn't he? No, though? He, no. Yeah, but that's that's that was Justice Society where okay. he was... That's hitting on Star But anyway, Superman finds out that Shazam is really, or Captain Marvel is really Billy Batson. And he immediately goes to the sorcerer Shazam on, on the Rock of Eternity and is like, How can you do this to a child? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And and it, it was, was just such a powerful moment in comics. He was also pissed. Because Billy Batson was living on his own. Yeah. On a mattress, uh, for fuck's on sake. On a mattress in an apartment. And he was like, no, no, no. I've, I've done that. Who's done that? Raise your hand. Yeah. Is, is it really just me? Uh, I mean, for, for a couple of summers, but I wouldn't consider it. It's pretty perfect for me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone save up for a pillow? <laughs> Nobody? Just me? Wow, my crushing poverty was really not something I was aware of, was it? No. Wow. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, Tom, we were aware. We, we knew. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thanks for the help, guys. It's true. <laughs> hey, hey, I used to bring you food. Your mom used to send me food. Fuck off. <laughs> I used to bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's going to drive me nuts. Gesh, Tom. Gesh. Gesh is the pronunciation of G-S, the D&D spell. It's Gesh. G-E-A-S in Gaelic is Gesh. That's it's a Gaelic word. Yeah, Gesh. Is that guys? 
Yep. Oh, thank you, Josh. I was I was gangst. Yeah. I always I, I, I thought it was Gias. I, I, I thought it was Gias, too. Yeah, yeah Gias when I was Gias or Geist, yeah. Yeah, it's Gash. Gash, it's all right, Gash. thank you. Gash, Gash. I'll try not to get that wrong. Melee, Mike. Melee. Melee, Melee. yeah. Melee. Don't fucking say Melee. Melee is a worm you feed to, yes. <laughs> to, yeah. to, to, no. to your chameleon. <laughs> I was going to say it's a worm do. infest your meal. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. We all have our blind spots. Yeah, my portocullis. <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't know even know where I got the extra fucking letter from. I always pronounced it portocallis. I didn't know wind and wind were two different words. <laughs> Spelled the same. Pronounced yeah. yeah. Same. Sorry. Sorry. All right, you ready for a wow. quick three to eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. Hanna Barbera cartoons of the time of Touche Turtle. What's your eighteen? What's the best? Wait, Touche, that's maybe before my time. Touche Turtles probably like. But you remember Touche Turtle, so at least you can like. So yeah, you just like, want us to give you 18 of the Hanna Barbera cartoons from our childhood. Yeah. Um, What's the 18? What's the best? I'm thinking. Wait, it was Hanna Barbera? No, it wasn't. No, it was. It what? was. Yes. Hong Kong Fu is Hanna Barbera. Are we yes. sure? I am okay. positive. Then I'm gonna go Hong Kong Fu. Yeah, I think. But I might. did like Ricochet Robin and Touche Turtle a lot. Right. Touche away! I was a big yeah, Peter Potamus fan. Peter Potamus, another good one. Did you get that thing? When I was a child, and I don't know if it's held up, but when I was a child, I used to love Speed Buggy. Uh, I mean, I'm the Herculoids. And, oh, that's right, Herculoids. And I, used to, and I used to love Space Ghost. Space Ghost was terrific. I was more of a Herculoids guy with Josh. I watched I like Space Herculoids. Ghost to get to Herculoids, but I didn't hate Space Ghost. I didn't hate Space Ghost, but no, I loved the Herculoids. You guys remember Space uh, Moby Dick? Oh, um, yeah, but it was just Moby Dick. They just yeah, the cartoon was just Moby Dick, right? But he was in space, right? But he was in space. Yes, yeah. he definitely was in space. Yeah, that was a crazy one. That was fun. I liked that was, one. Yeah. From... yeah, and like Ahab was an evil space pirate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Weird one, but fun. Definitely and weird. The Frankenstein one was cool too. Yeah, he he had like a jetpack, right? Yeah. Yeah. He flew around. Yeah, he flew around, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. I watched the uh, the beginning of the. Uh, I finally found a an episode of not a full episode, but the full beginning credits and all the explanations for the Croft Super Show. If you guys don't remember the Crop Super Show, Josh, you probably don't. Uh, but that's where we get um, Electro Woman and Dino Girl, uh, Beast Boy, and <laughs> I'm not Beast Boy. I'm sorry, uh, Wild Child and Bigfoot, <laughs> and um, a couple other weird live animation or animation uh, cartoons that were. Was, was Space Coaster a different thing? Space, space Coaster, Coaster was, was a, a different totally thing. different yeah. thing, but it was fun. Great Space yeah. Coaster. Yeah, yeah Gary Gnu yeah. with that one. Yeah, and there's yeah. no news like Gary Gnu's. Yeah. There's, man, don't say it wrong. Huh? There's no Gnu's. <laughs> like Gary Gnu's. And no Gnu's is good Gnu's with Gary and Gnu's. It was, that was, that was good. It was yeah. good. I did like the space, I did love the great space coaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
that was a great cartoon. Mike, did you watch? Well, it wasn't a cartoon. It was kind of live action with some cartoons in it yeah. sometimes. Yeah, they kidnapped two children. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Neighbors and Ruth Buzzy kidnapped yeah. two children. Yeah. No, that was, the, that was the Space Nuts. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Space Nuts, yeah. Same exact premise, though. Spaceship comes down, kidnaps a couple of kids, fly off. Same goddamn thing. Same thing, yeah. Except there's a dog. Was Arabian Nights the cartoon during Great Space Coaster? With the Kabooby, the, the, no, the flying Kabubi, camel? The flying, yeah. That was definitely more of a Hanna-Barbera jam with um, the... Banana Splits? No, no, no. It might, no, it was definitely in and amongst a live-action show that cut oh. to a cartoon. Yes, Mongo. It, yeah. Uh-oh, Mongo! Uh-oh. Chong- yeah, that was... That, that yeah, Chongo. Thank you, Chongo. Uh-oh, Chongo. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, that was banana splits. That was banana I splits. Fucking well, love the two banana, banana splits. three banana yeah. four. Banana splits were good. Nine banana six banana seven banana more. Na na na. By the way, na, don't watch the horror movie based on that, or oh. actually go do watch it because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the shit out of that. Okay. Because it's exactly like the banana splits, except they also murder you. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I don't see the difference, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's gonna bring us to plugs. Anyone guys yeah, probably plug? should. Plug, plug, plug. I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing the geek rock music every week. You can check them out at KirbyCracklemusic.com. I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com, purveyors of fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks, glasses, sake sets, you name it, they've got it at geekorthodox.com. If you want apparel, you need to go to ianlino.com for all your apparel needs. What? Bless you. I'd like to uh, plug uh, School of Rock, specifically School of Rock Norwood. I'm having a great time learning to play the bass. Uh, I've uh, b- been performing in a couple of shows. I'm having a great time, and it's never been easier for me to learn an instrument because if I don't learn to play it, I guess to end up there with a bunch of older people, a bunch of people go, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, do my homework. You guys going to have to go on without me. I suck. So there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'd like to plug being a foster parent. Hey, if you're out there and thinking about breeding, don't do that. There are plenty of children <laughs> out there who already need homes. Stick it in her mouth. Do what doc says. Stick it in her mouth instead. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Josh. <laughs> Why are you sorry? You're dying out a blowjob. That's fine. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. I, I wasn't here for that story. Oh, you weren't. That's right. Yeah. That's when Don again called it. Anyway, yeah, anyway wow. let's move on. <laughs> if you're wondering about that story, go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon-only podcast. Or, or are now our only fans, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Called the Geek Leak, uh, where uh, every week we talk about the other geeky things we're doing and that Josh's dad is doing. <laughs> to Donna's mouth. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, my family probably doesn't listen to this podcast, so no big deal. Yeah, your yeah. dad does. Does he? Yeah. He's the one that sent the story in. And where did he send that story? Uh, where did he <laughs> Lucky bastard. Lucky bastard. <laughs> where you can send us your fanfic. Dude, lucky bastard. Stick. I can't believe this happened to me. <laughs> but 
after I came back from a long trip from New Jersey. <laughs> Anyways. Uh-huh. And uh, if you do subscribe to our Patreon page, know that all that money does go to the Elizabeth Peabody House uh, Food Bank, which our good friend Tommy is now the director of. And uh, we fed 100 families this week, at least. About 100 families, yeah. How many bags we still got upstairs? Uh, we got about, I want to say about 35. Stupid son of a bitch. Why'd you put those bags upstairs? God damn it. Third floor, guys. We got to bring them down three flights of stairs. Dumbass. Anyway, Thanks good cardio. Man. Good cardio. <laughs> uh, and, uh, LT is looking thinner. I'm, I'm just going to say that. He's, he's working out a lot. He's working out. It's, it's good. It is a good I call cross, it CrossFit. It is a good cross. When that food comes in, that now 5,000 pounds every other Monday, it's not a bad CrossFit workout. So, Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like Drunk History, but for comics. Josh, sweet, sweet Josh. Uh, Pensacon's coming up. Is that your sector? Pensacola, Florida will be my sector. And my other sector is unknown since you guys are conspiring for my birthday events. Unknown. Unknown, <laughs> but that will be my sector, whatever it is. Just keep the day free and the next day and three days after that and That's one fine. day for flying. And I'm don't forget the drug test afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to have to pee test in someone's mouth. LT? Uh, you know, I got <laughs> my oh, COVID shot this mouth, week. <laughs> I got my COVID shot this week. So boosters Wait, are out. COVID shot? There's new boosters out. Uh, I'll get it. <laughs> But uh, I'll complain. <laughs> are they at least doing the COVID flu yep. combo? Yep, they are doing the combo. I got them oh, all. I'll take a combo. <laughs> Give me the combo. Ten. The half and Give me the half and half. That's a whole different one. And don't forget what I always say. Don't uh, just what change. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thanks from the Lockbox, guys. Love you. Bye-bye. 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 Good day.